0: To our audience members, hello and welcome. We'd like to thank you for joining this webinar where we'll be discussing about an OSRAGE project on the National Performance-Based Asphalt Specification Framework. So sit back and we hope you enjoy the session. My name is Eliz, and I'll be moderating this session and provide any technical support. If you are experiencing any issues, you can contact me by using the chat box in your webinar toolbar. This session is proudly brought to you by Osroads. We are the peak organisation of Australasian road transport and traffic agencies. Austroads supports member organisations, those listed on this slide, to deliver an improved road transport network. At Austroids, we use a program management approach where each program focuses on an operational area of the road system. This Austroads project falls under the assets program. So just some housekeeping items, our speaker today will present for approximately 35 minutes. We then have 15 minutes at the end where we answer your questions. Just a note, we are recording today's session and we'll email you after the webinar when it's available as we upload all of our webinars on the site shown on this slide. If you'd like a copy of the slides we're using today, you can download it from the handout section in your sidebar. We do encourage you to participate by asking our presenters any questions, so please don't be shy. Throughout the webinar, you can type your questions into the questions box that you could see into your sidebar. To help us answer your question, if you could please indicate the slide number your question relates to. We'll then answer them after the presentation during question time. So as you may know, this webinar is based on a report that OSHA released a few weeks ago. This is also available for you to download in the handout section or on the website shown on this slide. And the objective of this session is to give you an overview of the research report and the project. So today we have two people joining us, which is great. We have Joe Grobler who will be presenting and we have our very own Dr. Richard Yeo who will be joining us in the Q&A component at the end to help answer any of your questions. So just a bit about them. Joe, our presenter, is the lead author of this report. He's the principal research engineer from the Australian Road Research Board up in Brisbane. He has 14 years experience in the design of new pavements, the evaluation, rehabilitation of existing pavements and construction support. Hi Joe, how are you today?
1: Hi Liz, thank you. Thank you for having me and all's good on this side.
0: Excellent. And Richard, he is the Austroids Program Manager Assets, leading Australasian research programs, covering asset management, pavement, surfacing bridges, project delivery and tunnels on behalf of member road agencies. He has extensive research and management experience in the road sector. Hi Richard, we'll be hearing from you at the end. Thank you for joining us in the session.
2: G'day Liz, and uh, welcome to everyone who's participating in this webinar.
0: It's good to have you both here to give our audience some insights into the project. And here on this slide, we have the agenda and Joe will talk it through with you, so I'll now pass it on to Joe.
1: Thank you, Eliz. And thank you to everyone joining us today. Our agenda for today includes an introduction and background to the project. This will be followed by a short description of the current Osterhote's mixed design procedure and an introduction to performance-based specifications. I will then present a concept specification framework that was developed as part of this project and the research needs that were identified in order to further develop and implement a performance-based asphalt specification framework in Australia and New Zealand. At the end of the presentation, we'll be taking questions, so as Liz mentioned, please send through any questions as we go. It is very helpful if you can note the slide number in your question, which can be found at the bottom right of the slide. This webinar will present the work undertaken during the first year of what we hope will become a multi-year project to develop a national performance-based asphalt specification framework for Australia and New Zealand. But first, let me introduce the project team. Paul Morrisett from New South Wales Maritime Services was the Ostroat's project manager, with myself being the project leader and main report author. Both Dr. Eric Dennemann and John Rebeki also provided valuable project support and co-authored the report. Dr. Michael Muffett was the ARP Quality Manager. The review team comprised of both the Austroads Asphalt Research Working Group and Ostrodes Pavements Task Force, which included members from road authorities and industry. This slide shows the representatives from the various road authorities on the Pavements Task Force. As you can see, both Australia and New Zealand are well represented on this task force. And this slide shows the industry representatives on the task force. Again, both industry and government were well represented and consulted as part of this project. The OSTROS Research Working Group sits under the Pavements Task Force and is also made up of representatives from road authorities and industry. This working group was integral in the development of the concept specification framework developed as part of this project. As said previously, this project is aimed at developing a national performance-based asphalt specification framework. In order to achieve this, it was first important to set a future Research framework that would inform the development of the specification framework. The primary objectives of the first year were to review and summarize the existing knowledge base and performance based asphalt testing and specifications, to review previous barriers to implementing a national asphalt mix design procedure in Australia and New Zealand, achieve consensus on an asphalt performance based mix design approach, and finally, identifying key elements for future research. As mentioned previously, this project was the first year of a proposed multi-year project subject to OSTRO's approval and ongoing funding. The particular project primarily focused on stakeholder consultation, identifying the caps in the current knowledge base, proposing a concept performance-based asphalt specification framework, and identifying any future needs, the research needs, to further develop and implement a specification framework. The findings from the first year are documented in OSTROADS report APT33118, which is available on the OSTROADS website, as I said previously. Before we get to the concept specification framework, let me give you a brief introduction to the current OSTROADS asphalt mix design procedure. The current Asteroid's asphalt mix design procedure is documented in part 4B of the Austroads guide to pavement technology and comprises of level one and level two testing. This guide is also available on the Austroads website. Level one primarily involves more traditional volumetric testing, such as air voids, voids in mineral aggregate, voids filled with binder, binder film index, and some mechanical tests such as Marshall stability and flow. Samples can be prepared using either gyratory or martial compaction in the current OSTROIDs procedure. Level, level 2 testing is currently optional and can include a number of performance tests to supplement the volumetric testing. The performance tests included in the current procedure are listed on this slide and include resilient modulus, deformation resistance, stripping potential and or fatigue life. As you can see, Australia and New Zealand are well-placed to adopt a performance-based asphalt specification, given that we have already reached general national consensus on a number of key performance tests using either Australian standards or Austroads test methods. However, a review as part of this project that looked into current practice found that the various road agencies adopted the current OSTROADS procedure to varying degrees with the main points of departure between the road agencies being the type of compaction effort used to prepare asphalt specimens in the laboratory, i.e. gyratory versus marshall compaction and the performance criteria actually specified by individual road agencies. Now some of you might wonder what is a performance-based asphalt specification and why do we need it? Ostrode defines a performance based specification, and I quote, as a specification describing the desired levels of fundamental engineering properties, for example, resilient modulus, strength, creep, or fatigue, which have been shown to be reasonable predictors of performance over time and are used in primary performance prediction relationships. This approach differs from more traditional recipe based specifications insofar as that we do not specify how the to bake the cake, but rather how the cake should taste when it's done. It is therefore more of an outcome rather than an input-based approach. There are numerous benefits to using performance-based asphalt specifications, and some of the main ones are, asphalt mixes can be optimized based on available materials, local environment, and in-service requirements to achieve a desired outcome. It will facilitate the introduction of innovative technologies such as EME2 or other high-performance binders. It will allow road agencies, designers, suppliers, and contractors to better understand the performance risks associated with a particular asphalt mix. And it can also allow for the asphalt mix to be directly linked to the structural pavement design, which again allows for optimization and risk management to occur. The following guiding principles were adopted by the project team to develop the concept specification framework. A single national harmonized specification framework that will allow road agencies to specify values for each performance parameter as required. The specification criteria should be directly related to field performance where possible Only one specification criterion should be specified per design parameter to prevent over-specification. Only one test method should be specified for a particular performance parameter to allow for harmonization to occur. And where possible, test methods should use cost-effective test equipment widely available in Australia and New Zealand. An example of how the asphalt mix design could be linked to pavement design and construction is shown in the figures on the right. The pavement designer selects his desired structural requirements such as modulus, fatigue and or permanent deformation resistance. These requirements are then used in the tender specification with some additional requirements for durability etc. The asphalt supplier can then select or design a mix to meet the requirements in this tender specification. It is worth noting that we envisage a performance-based specification to be initially used for heavy-duty or high-risk applications and that traditional specifications will continue to be used for more routine projects. In order to develop a performance-based specification framework, the project team first reviewed current practice in specifying asphalt mixes, both locally and internationally. A review of international practice found that there is a strong move towards performance-based specifications. However, many road jurisdictions still rely on volumetric specification requirements, which are often supplemented by performance testing. Internationally, the main performance criteria considered include modulus, fatigue, resistance, permanent deformation resistance, and moisture sensitivity. As mentioned previously, asteroids in New Zealand have already reached general consensus on a number of performance criteria including modulus, fatigue resistance, permanent deformation resistance, and moisture sensitivity. Following consultation with the Ostrodes Asphalt Research Working Group, a number of key performance criteria were proposed for inclusion into the concept specification framework, including workability, moisture sensitivity, deformation resistance, modulus, fatigue resistance, permeability, resistance to raveling for open graded asphalt only, and binder drain off for open graded asphalt and stone mastic asphalt. It is worth noting, though, that not all of the performance criteria listed on this slide will necessarily be specified for every asphalt mix. The criteria specified will typically depend on the function and location of the asphalt mix within the pavement structure. The next couple of slides will show you what a national performance-based specification framework is likely to include. The provo- proposed performance properties, including test methods, are shown in the table on this slide and the following slide. As you can see, the intention is that each road agency will set the performance limits to their own requirements, by adopting a national test method. It is also the intention to use current national test methods where possible. A number of these test methods were however identified for further review as part of this project, which we will discuss later. Also, the OSTROADS test methods shown in the previous slides can be found on the OSTROADS website. And again, just a reminder to our audience, please feel free to submit any questions you have. If your question relates to a particular slide, Please let us know the slide number. Once the likely key performance criteria were identified by the project team, um, the project team reviewed the current knowledge base to identify future research needs for each of these criteria. The following key areas were identified and further investigated current sample preparation methods, including asphalt conditioning and compaction requirements, a gap analysis of available performance criteria, the link between mixed design and field performance, the link between mixed design and pavement design, as well as quality assurance requirements applicable to performance-based specifications. We're going to look at these key areas in a bit more detail now. The asphalt sample preparation procedure comprises of two main elements, namely sample conditioning and compaction. The current approach to sample conditioning in Australia and New Zealand was developed to simulate the asphalt binders condition after approximately two years in service. So going through the manufacturing and placement phase as well as some in-service aging. The procedure was originally developed for conventional binders. There is therefore a need to review the current approach to confirm if it is appropriate for modified binders, and also assess the need to simulate longer-term aging for some performance testing, such as fatigue or durability. The project team proposed to adopt gyratory compaction moving forward. In addition, slab compaction will be used for a number of performance tests in accordance with OSTRO's test method T220. Previous research has already established that gyratory compaction provides a better correlation with field compaction compared to the Marshall impact compactor. Locally, two devices are currently being used, namely the gyro pack and servo pack, which can result in different levels of compactions and therefore different levels of air voids. The current test method will have to be reviewed to ensure that the same compactive effort is achieved, irrespective of what device is used. There is also a need to better link laboratory compaction to field conditions to ensure that the performance testing is undertaken on a representative specimen prepared in the laboratory. The current Osterode's mixed design procedure does not include any requirements for workability. Gyratory compaction can, however, be used for this purpose, similar to what is currently being done for the design of EME2 asphalt mixes in Australia. There is, however, a need to develop and or harmonize a test method for workability and establish typical performance limits. Ostroads currently recommends the tensile strength ratio test to assess the moisture sensitivity of asphalt mixes. It is proposed to retain this test method, but harmonize the performance criteria currently being specified by the various road agencies. For example, to include the use of a 3-4 cycle or not. The Cooper Wheel Tracking Device is currently being used to assess the permanent deformation resistance of asphalt mixes by many OSTROADS members. However, some road authorities together with previous studies, raise concerns regarding repeatability and the link to field performance of this test method. There is therefore a need to review this test method or identify alternative devices to improve the link between rutting measured in the laboratory and field performance. Asphalt permeability requirements are currently not included in any of the State Road Authority standard specifications that were reviewed as part of this project. There are however a number of local test methods available including Q304 from Queensland and T655 from New South Wales. There is therefore a need to develop a national test method and indicative performance criteria for the permeability of asphalt specimens measured in the laboratory. There is also a need to ensure that the permeability measured in the laboratory correlates with field permeabilities. The current OSTROADS pavement design procedure uses modulus and fatigue resistance as input to to design the thickness of structural asphalt layers. The latest version of part 2 of the OSTROADS guide to pavement technology recommends flexural modulus and fatigue resistance using test method T274 for pavement design purposes, which is a four-point bending device. This test method was recently updated and there is therefore no need for further review at this stage. There is, however, a need to develop performance limits for typical mixes that can initially be used by road authorities when setting their specification limits. OSTRODES has test methods available to determine the particle loss and binder drain-off of asphalt mixes. It was, however, agreed by the working group that any further work regarding these two performance criteria was not a priority at this stage. And we're not proposing to do anything further regarding these two test methods. A high-level research framework was also proposed as part of this project. The first year will primarily focus on reviewing and updating the test methods for sample preparation, moisture sensitivity and deformation resistance. It will also include the development of a nationally accepted test method for asphalt permeability as previously mentioned. The second year of the proposed research plan will focus on establishing indicative performance limits for typical mixes in Australia and New Zealand particularly focusing on permanent deformation, fatigue, resistance, and modulus. This will include an assessment of available data and a significant laboratory testing program to characterize typical heavy-duty mixes currently in use. The second year will also assess appropriate quality assurance principles for performance-based asphalt specifications. The third year of the proposed research plan will finalise the performance characterization of typical asphalt mixes and also develop the specification framework. This will be followed by implementation and validation of the proposed framework in subsequent years. This brings us to the end of the presentation, so in summary a, nas- in summary, a national performance-based asphalt specification framework is expected to have significant benefits to road agencies and industry. Given the consensus already reached on a number of performance criteria, Australia and New Zealand is well-placed to develop such a specification framework. It was proposed that a performance-based specification framework should include requirements for workability, moisture sensitivity, permanent deformation resistance, fatigue resistance, modulus permeability durability for open graded asphalt only and binded drain off for open graded asphalt and stonemastic asphalt. The project team believes that given a significant amount of work that have been done over the last couple of decades, a national performance based asphalt specification is well within our reach. Finally, we would like to thank Ostroads for the support provided to undertake this project. So thank you for your time and we'd be happy to take any questions at this stage.
0: Yeah, thanks Joe, for presenting. We have received some great questions from the audience, so thank you for sending those through. I'll also invite Richard in the Q&A session and he'll be able to assist with any of your questions. So the first question we receive is from Rod and it relates to slide 24. So there is some confusion from the field with the term workability. workability. Could compactability be used instead?
1: Um, thank you for the question. Yes. Um, okay. So uh, the term workability um, that that basically refers to either a maximum or a minimum um, air void requirement in a laboratory, depending on the mix type, and the one is to control over compaction and the other is to control under compaction in the field or to avoid um, tender mixes so in response to the question um the term compactability could could potentially be used because in the end so. it's it's all about simulating compaction of the asphalt mat in the field
0: okay thanks thanks for answering that one joe Another question is, can you please advise if your research covered reclaimed asphalt mixes, RAP pavements?
1: Uh, So the specific research um, did consider the need for um, reclaimed asphalt pavements, however this is um, currently Getting to a stage where it's becoming normal practice in um, in Australian and New Zealand road authorities to use reclaimed um, asphalt. So at this stage, for inclusion in the specification um, framework, we um, we propose that um, the um, current practice from road authorities be adopted. And so Excellent. we don't necessarily see any issues with including RAP as long as it meets the performance criteria.
0: Okay, thanks for clarifying that one. Another question in relation to slide 32. So conditioning is not defined well. Is there any thought as how to standardize this?
1: So we have a standard Ostrots, um procedure for... Um, Australian standard for conditioning um, asphalt samples, which is basically putting the loose asphalt mix in an oven for a defined period of time at a a specific temperature. So we do have a standard um, method for that at the moment. The intention is to review that method to ensure that it is appropriate for um, modified binders as well and also considering the need for um, longer-term aging for some of the performance properties.
0: Excellent. Another question we received is, who will be in charge to deliver the future research plan if academia is not represented in a technical working group?
1: The future research will, um, if approved by OSTROADS, will go out to tender. So at this stage, I cannot comment on um, who will be delivering that research work. I don't know about you, Richard. If you wanted to add something to that,
2: yeah, yeah, certainly, Joe. Um, with. Um the way forward and and involvement of academia, I think it's a really good point to make. Um, Perhaps we haven't tapped into that uh, resource of expertise uh, in the past and perhaps the diversity of disciplines that we might be able to access. Through the Austro's board, um, the assets program has has put a proposal that we we engage better with the universities and uh, particularly through uh, initiatives such as cooperative research centres or industrial transformation hubs. and uh, So we, we do have some close links now with um, the NanoCom hub for construction materials manu- manufacturing which is based at Monash and uh, we are also uh, linked with a uh, another hub on pavement research which has been uh, proposed and submitted to the ARC. So there is scope going forward to have better Im- or more involvement from the academic sector.
0: Thanks for clarifying that one. Another question relates to slide 27 and 28, which is can modulus value and fatigue limit be not a fixed number but can be anything provided in mechanistic pavement design, the asphalt thickness derived will meet the design criteria. A EME2 mix has a high modulus but is brittle but resulting thickness in pavement design is less than AC20. So do you have any comments around that one?
1: So the intention would be um, to spec- for the road agency to either uh, specify a minimum modulus and a um, minimum fatigue resistance to achieve um, the desired performance outcome. However, if the road agency um, chooses to link the mix design directly with the um, pavement design, the um, pavement designer can can determine the minimum requirements in accordance with his structural assessment and then specify um, that in the tender specification. So it does depend on what contract type um, the road agency chooses to adopt.
0: Excellent. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that one. Uh, another question relates to slide 26, which is minimum value of TSR may not define stripping adherence, stripping performance, sorry. Work by RMS RTA about 20 years ago showed that groups of samples with no visible stripping, moderate stripping and pronounced stripping all had sin- similar minimum TSR values. They differed significantly significantly with respect to the maximum TSR. Has this work been reviewed as part of this study?
1: Um, We're aware of the study that was previously undertaken by RMS and we're proposing to review the current um, TSR test method to ensure that it is appropriate or appropriately linked to field performance. And if we do identify any concerns with that, we might have to look at alternative test methods. for um, stripping potential, for predicting stripping potential. Mm, so okay. we are aware of the concerns um, of the tensile strength ratio test um, ability to predict field, field performance.
0: Okay, thank you, Joe. Another question relates to slide 33. So there are studies to show that pack does not apply the same compactive effort as CephoBac for stiff mixes. I able to comment
1: on that one. Yes, and we've noted that in our um, research report as well, and that there is a difference between the compaction achieved using gyro pack versus server pack. So the intention is to review the test method and ensure that the test method is essentially device blind, so ensuring that the test method will achieve a, um, a level of compaction that's um, replicating field conditions irrespective of what device is being used. Okay. So it could include something like a load compliance test or something else to ensure that um, the compaction required is achieved using the test method irrespective of the device. All
0: right, thank you Joe for that one. Another question is from Philippa and he's asked recent asphalt tests have not been included in this document. For example, SCB for fracture potential. Any expected update to this framework in the near future?
1: At this stage, the intention is to use um, and is to use locally um, available test methods where possible um, to use test methods or testing equipment that's currently already in use and where there's a standard um, available, a local Australia or New Zealand standard. So that is very much the intention of the framework moving forward. And we've already, at an osteoads level, reached consensus consensus on using the flexural um, fatigue um, device. And for that reason, we propose to, to continue with, with those testing equipment moving forward. This is not to say that in future, if, if anything um, comes along that that we feel would, would add benefit, we could consider it, but in terms of the immediate future, um, those test methods are the preferred ones.
0: Okay, I hope, I hope that answered your question, Filippo. Another question is, will this framework consider asphalt mixes using all binder types available in Australia?
1: yes, the intention is that it um, will consider or incorporate all binder types available.
0: Excellent. Uh, We've received another question and comments, so I believe we are still to undertake researches for permanent deformation. So slide 36 briefly touched on wheel tracking tests. We did some study as part for my PhD in Canterbury Uni. We realized the current test setup is not able to accurately predict the last stage, tertiary of AC deformation. So are you able to provide comments?
1: Yes, um, thank you for that comment. Um, the concerns with the current um, test method and device has been identified as part of this project, and we're aware that um, there is some concerns out there that it doesn't necessarily represent um field field performance and that is why um, one of the main elements for further research would be into um, reviewing first of all the test method so the first Um, objective would be to uh, maintain the Cooper wheel tracking device if we can review the test method and achieve a better link between lab and field performance. However if we find that not to be possible we may have to look at other devices such as the Hamwork wheel tracker Mm, or or AMPT. Yeah,
0: good questions coming through, which is really good to see. So, what is the modulus test indicative of? What type of distress and what type of correlation would have with it?
1: So, the modulus um, test is primarily um, linked to the pavement design. So, it is a main um, input into the into the pavement structural design, and that's that's why we. Um, our preference is to include it in the in the specification framework, so it does not necessarily predict a, a distress, but is used as input into the current pavement design system.
0: Okay, thank you, Joe. Another question is: there is no mention of refusal density tests. Is this no longer included in the design mix? In the that will f-
1: um, refusal density will fall under the workability requirement. So, using the um, gyratory compactor to um, to assess the minimum and maximum air voids, so it'll fall under the workability requirement.
0: Okay, thank you, Joe. Another question was. It was stated that modulus test was for pavement design input. The fatigue being modulus can only measure modulus at lowish temperatures. Would you need modulus data for asphalt mix at wider range of temperature such as 60 degrees Celsius?
1: And so currently the, the Osroads uh, pavement design procedure has got a, um, a methodology to convert the modulus um, Tested at a standard temperature of, I believe, 20 degrees C. To convert that to higher temperatures um, in situ in the field, um, whether we'll go up as high as 60 degrees, um, I doubt that. We do know that um, that any fatigue and modulus testing at those elevated temperatures does become um, problematic. But the current ASTM procedure allows for the modulus to be determined at um, various. Um, temperatures, which will correlate to the to the pavement design temperature that you use for pavement design purposes.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Joe. So regarding fatigue cracking, did you ever consider the AMTP test for cyclic fatigue?
1: So at this stage, uh, like I said previously, is our um, proposed way forward is to utilise um, current um, Australian and New Zealand test methods. So our preference would be to to stay with the Flexital Modulus um, Fatigue device at the moment.
0: Thank you Joe. So is there anything regarding ageing also? Uh,
1: Regarding ageing, yes. Um, So that will fall under the review of the um, sample conditioning methods. To consider if there's a need for longer term aging as well and to ensure that the um, aging that we currently do represent is or is applicable or appropriate for um, modified binders as well. Excellent.
0: Uh, a question we received from David from North Carolina State Uni. Hi. Uh, the question was Are you going to include pay factors in the specification? If so, how to link the test results to the pay factors?
1: At this stage, our intention is um, for a specification framework only, and the way that the road authorities deal with um, compliance will fall under um, the road authority specifications. So, this particular project will not necessarily go down to to that level of detail for for compliance, but it is it, it is worth considering, and that is something that the road. Um, agencies will have to consider when they implement this as part of their specifications.
0: Okay. Uh, Another question is, will the research program be going to tender as a single program or as a series of smaller projects?
1: That is something that Richard from OSROADS is probably placed placed to to comment on, Richard? Mm -hmm. Richard? Yeah sure. sure so
2: so we have a couple of hurdles here. We we have some really good and uh, robust work here and, and it's pointing us down a path uh, and clearly identifying where, where to next in terms of our research. Um, we have a proposal that uh, we're putting to the board through the normal approvals process and I must say it it is a very competitive uh, process in terms of um, the number of proposals up and the number of topics and and there is some uh, favouritism or or perhaps direction towards looking at issues such as road safety and Congestion and network operations uh, in competition with this sort of work. In terms of this particular project, at this point we have a, a proposal for a, a single project, um, but it may form part of a, a broader, a broader sort of research push towards harmonisation of technical specifications, um, which will involve a number of elements, uh, asphalt being one of those. Uh, but so it's, it's likely to be one one project if if it gets through and it gets approved.
0: Okay. Thanks for clarifying, Richard. Uh, Another question is, are there any binder tests looking to be proposed as part of PS?
1: For this um, particular project, the focus has been on developing um, a asphalt performance specification. So again, controlling the end product um, rather than necessarily the, um, the, the binder properties. We propose to um, leave the binder um, specification unchanged for this particular project. However, um, we do see benefits in future moving towards a performance-based binder system as well, but that falls outside of the scope of this particular project.:
0: Okay. Thanks, Joe. So what would be the likely time frame to deliver and roll out this extremely useful, however complex framework?
1: The proposed research plan um, that that we uh, put forward will span over three years of development work and then ongoing implementation. Um, however it is worth noting that that three years will require a significant effort because as you can imagine there's a fair amount of work that still needs to be done um, but we believe it's possible within a, a three, three year development um, timeframe and then followed by implementation and feedback.
0: So a question from Warren is, is it reasonable to specify binder and aggregate properties in a performance specification framework or should it just be the outcomes, not inputs that are specified?
1: Um, thanks Warren for your question and and I agree Once once you move over to a fully performance specification, that is entirely controlled by the um, by a contract that um, only considers the um, the um, infield or in service performance with warranties attached to it then yes you can question whether you need control over the um, component materials but in the interim when we're still looking at performance based um, specifications, it'll be a compromise between um, some performance properties, asphalt properties and then still controlling the component materials. Okay. So th- what you're referring to is probably the next step where it's a fully performance um, specification, mm-hmm. which, which is another option for road agencies.
0: Yeah, hope that's clarified your question, Warren. Uh, Another question is, there is concern that SRAs will require all performance tests to be done, where in many cases this is unnecessary. How will this be controlled both in frequency and the number of tests to be done?
1: Yeah, so the intention is very much, and I've mentioned that in in one of the previous slides, um, for road agencies to only specify the performance properties that's required for that particular mix. So that will depend on where that mix is um, within the pavement structure. So not all performance properties will necessarily be applicable to all mixes. So the best we can do to, con- to, to control that is to provide um, clear guidance in, in updates to future OSTROGE guides regarding the, um, the necessity for, for performance testing. And make sure that it's not um, seen as a specification, but rather a, a framework where um, road authorities still have um, the ability to choose which performance properties to, to adopt and which not for a particular application.
0: Okay. Thanks, Joe. There's another question: whether low-temperature performance of asphalt binder and asphalt mixture are going to be considered.
1: So the. Low temperature performance will um, be considered through the fatigue um, testing, so the fatigue resistance Mm -hmm. testing, which can then be, um, for structural design purposes, can be adjusted to lower in situ um, temperatures. But as as a general rule, in in Australia, we don't necessarily have um, issues related to very low temperatures. So we are comfortable that our current um, fatigue test can accommodate um, the temperatures that, that's applicable to our environments.
0: Okay, question is, New Zealand Transport Agency has, performed, has published performance specification for asphalt binders M1A. Are we reviewing this in parallel?
1: Not as part of this project, no. As I previously mentioned, this project is focused on um, asphalt performance testing and not necessarily um, binder performance tests, so not 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 as part of this project at the moment.
2: Okay, thanks, Joe. So we received a comment. So I can the... comment on, on that one, okay. Richard here. Excellent. So, yeah, certainly there was, as Joe mentioned, it's out of scope of this project, but there was an earlier project where Austroads did review um, binder specifications or, or performance requirements. Uh, so that report's also available on the, the Austroads website. Mm.
0: Okay, thanks for adding input, Richard. Thanks, um, Richard. Yeah. Another question is from George so he has a commented question so when can field testing become independent of the AC supplier and contractor if we are to truly go performance we need to have truly independent testing
1: I take take that on board and that that, that is a, um, a, a well put comment um, this particular project will is, is not looking at that um, at this stage, it will be something for the road authorities to consider. But I do believe it's a valid comment. Okay.
0: Thank you. Uh, another question is: Are binder performance tests going to be investigated, and included in the proposed national design methodology, or is it mainly focused on the asphalt performance?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, as as previously mentioned, this uh, this particular project is focused on asphalt performance. Mm.
0: Okay. Another question is, what sort of field performance are we referring to, uh, ALF or real road instrumentation, especially related to creep permanent def- deformation?
1: So ideally, um, where, where possible, long-term field performance data would, would be the preference. Um, but that could be supplemented by accelerated load, um, load testing as well, depending on what, what data we have available. Okay.
0: Another question is: Some people may not be aware of that IPC Global has been taken over by Controls Group, and that there is a possibility that the current DiroPack ServPack may be discontinued and replaced with an alternative overseas machine. How will this impact on the work undertaken to date?
1: The intention is um, for the when we reviewed the it- Test method for gyratory compaction is to have a device blind. So to ensure that we the level of compaction we achieve, um, we can achieve with um, whatever device is, is, is being used at the time. So not necessarily tying it down to either a gyro pack or a servo pack. So that's very much the intention. If um, gyratory compaction is not supported anymore, then that's, that's something that the research will have to consider moving forward. But at this stage, we don't have any intention of, of removing gyratory compaction.
0: Thanks, Joe. A question from David is in relation to slide 24. So as modulus is the input to pavement design, is a simple minimum value sufficient? Will we not need a tight modulus range to be consistent with the
1: design? Yes. Um, so, if if the um, if the tender of the, or the asphalt specification is set up based on the pavement design um, properties or pavement design requirements, then uh, the the specified values should ha- um, should reflect um, those pavement design requirements. And consideration will have to be given to um, variability and test methods um, as well. Yeah. Uh, not the variability. Last... Sorry, not variability in test methods, mm-hmm. but variability in the results using using different laboratories and inherent variability.
0: Okay. Thank you, Joe. And a question from Saeed, so are there any provisions for implementing fatigue endurance limit and perpetual pavement concepts in the proposed method?
1: The um, proposed method is p- focused on a asphalt Mixed design um, framework and doesn't uh, propose to make any changes to the Ostroads pavement design framework, which um, is um, independently well, which is independent from the um, mixed design um, framework at this stage. So, our project is not proposing to look at um, necessarily any endurance limits or anything like that associated with the pavement design. I, sure. yeah. I do believe the latest Austrode's Guide to um, Pavement Technology did include a maximum limit on the traffic, um, which in a, in, 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 in a way takes into account for um, the um, endurance limit. Mm,
0: okay. But that is separate
1: We've to this see- project.
0: Yeah, We received a comment from Maurice saying, previously I understood that there was a move to meld the spec- specification for sealing and asphalt PMBs.
1: Um, i'm not um I'm, I'm not aware of that um not to say it, it 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 isn't in place but it's it doesn't form part of this this project now
0: okay a question from milad is when taking when taking call from paved ac do we expect to see the same modulus when testing
1: we our previous research has shown that there is a difference between um, the modulus um, determined from cores taken from the pavement compared to the modulus in, um, on, of cores prepared in the laboratory. So there is um, most definitely a difference between um, the two types of um, specimens, when using the two types of specimens, um, and that's why it becomes important to, to ensure consistency. So, if the intention is to um, do testing on laboratory-prepared samples, that is the, um, the that is the the samples that should be used in in in, in the specification as well. Um, so, we should avoid um, specifying um, values based on laboratory. Pre- prepared samples and then doing say for instance compliance testing on on specimens extracted from the from the pavement because there is a difference between the two.
0: Mm, excellent. Thanks, Joe, for answering that one. So there are all the questions that received. Thank you for the audience for sending those through. It was good to see that level of engagement from our audience and that many questions come through. So thank you. So we will close this session up shortly, but before we close, I'd like to take this opportunity to let you know of all the upcoming webinars that we have come up. So in terms of upcoming webinars, we have a webinar of pavement design outlining the updates made to Guide to Pavement Technology Parts 2 and 4C, which is on 9th of March. So Michael Moffat from ARB will be joining us for that session. And then we have another session on local road access for high productivity freight vehicles on 27th of March. So you can go on our website to register for these events. And if you know of anyone who may be interested in these topics, please let them know as well. So to our audience, we hope you gained some insight into the topics. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us if you do have any further questions, and we would like your feedback and thoughts on this webinar as well as any other topics you may like us to cover. So if you could please fill out a quick survey which will pop up on your screen after the webinar. But before we close, I'd like to thank Jo and Richard for presenting and answering questions today.
1: Thank you, Liz, for the opportunity and thank you for everyone that joined us.
0: Thank you all. Bye and our crazy session.